Hi and welcome to our bandwidth, your source for everything you need to know about the technologies, trends and concepts that are steering our industry today. We hope you enjoy this episode and if you do, please subscribe. Hi and welcome to another Arrow Bandwidth and today we're back in London and uh, I have with me Nathan from Deep Secure and Chris Olson, returning podcaster for another uh, another series. I welcome back. Of it, Dave. Yeah. You can't mate, you can't. Good morning. So Nathan, you're also a returning podcaster. Indeed. Would you like to uh, just give our listeners a quick brief reintroduction of yourself? Certainly. So uh, Nathan, um, I'm the solutions director for Deep Secure. So I look after uh, three functions essentially. So that's um, pre-sales solution architecting, our uh, professional services, and more recently, cloud solutions. Cloud solutions, that sounds interesting. It I'm is. pretty sure that's here w- what we're here to talk about as we have. Chris, Chris, would you like to just remind our listeners what you do for Arrow? Yeah, absolutely, Dave. So, Chris Alton, I look after the cloud business for Arrow. So, I've got the joys of looking after our hyperscaler business units. Um, so, two of those core elements being Microsoft, AWS, a few more to come. So, yeah, very interested in looking at market changes, types of partners, ISVs we're working with, and how they plug into to some of our core vendors, Deep Secure clearly being one of those. Yeah, fantastic. So, some market context, right? So, we've done cloud podcasts now for, oh, I couldn't even tell you, since day one. I think it was like our third podcast was are we ready for cloud? And then we had ones around actually hybrids the answer. And, and now I'd probably say we're tilting more towards, you know, I think you could go fully public cloud if you wanted. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not in it every day anymore. Can we have, give us your expert opinions on where we are? What's the market like for cloud today? Uh, interesting, actually. I've just come back from uh, an event in Washington where I was part of a cloud panel. And um, one of the questions the audience raised as well was, is the cloud secure? And so half the panel put their hands up straight away and the other half didn't. And I was the one who, who didn't. And the reason was actually the question is probably more about how you deploy your solutions in the cloud. Yeah. So um, in, in that context, you, you can obviously today take uh, your on-premise style solutions and li- lift and shift those and, and drop those into uh, some infrastructure in the cloud. But does that make it secure? Uh, well, there's lots of things there. Is, is if the application already hasn't been um, security tested or you know, penetration tested or it's not built secure, lifting and shifting to cloud, does it make it more secure, less secure? Probably the same. Yeah. So it, I think it's really about how you architect in the cloud. And that's one of the challenges is that um, uh, the, the cloud itself, the cloud platforms are, you know, th- there are immense uh, options and, and services out there. Um, AWS has plenty of um, built-in services in their console, but if you don't roll those out securely, then I think that's the the trick is, you know, um, making sure you have the right resources, the people to actually architect that correctly. Yeah, absolutely. I I think the market's evolving. Um, And certainly, you know, from our perspective, when we look at the types of partners and, and, and where they are in their journey, I think coming back to your point, Dave, not that long ago, I probably sat on a podcast with you as you say, talking about how partners were starting out on the yeah. journey. Um, last week we had our vision event, and vision for me was an indicator that the audience that we stood in front of is well, well further advanced than where we, we, we sat you know, as, as soon as, as close as kind of 12 months ago or so. Cloud 2.0 from IDC, all the information coming out of that. Um, it's not a matter of do we do cloud, it's a matter of how we do cloud now. And to come back to your point, Nathan, security is by far still one of the biggest concerns off of the back of that scalability, flexibility, everybody sees that. Um, from what I'm seeing with, with the partners we're working with, the ISVs, hybrid is certainly the direction that most of them are taking. I don't think a total public cloud message is gonna be the right answer for many. Um, 
but if hybrid is the right answer, that comes with its with its own complexities because you've yeah. then got dual management required and, and a, a number of challenges which relate to that. Yeah, and I must admit, so one of my biggest um, pains and bugbears in my business, which is data, is getting my customers and my customers' customers, essentially my partners and, and my customers, to take data seriously enough and to have a proper enterprise data strategy. And that was, if I'm honest, and I say was very happily a problem we had with cloud take cloud seriously but I, I really see now that all of our partners and all of their customers have an enterprise cloud strategy where they're not tactically sort of running up bills on amazon with a credit card and sort of letting everyone just get on with it they've got a proper enterprise strategy in place they've got all the enterprise tooling around it. it's gone from a server and a bit of virtualization and we're calling that a cloud and then someone else is doing something on now it's proper you know everything's linked up there's provisioning there's automation logging monitoring um, and that to me is, is what it takes to go from from where we were to where we now are and, and I must admit the maturity is there but coming right back to the point at the start so architecting for cloud is fundamental right we've seen that from performance we've seen that we see that at networking we saw that at every single layer of cloud which is why I was always a bit skeptical I appreciate things have moved on and I'm probably not quite as up to date as I need to be but I've always been very skeptical of these tools that just transition you into the cloud and because it, it almost needed a complete redesign and a, and a sort of, it wasn't really doing it justice. But to get to the point, security is still, for me, quite a dark art in the cloud. I mean, it's a dark enough art in the data center. So what are some of the special sort of dispensations you've got to make in the cloud for security? Or is there any? Um, I think, uh, as I said before, the thing with um, public cloud uh, platforms, they give you so much choice and it's so easy to turn things on without actually knowing the sort of consequence of doing that. So there's a few, um, obviously, public um, uh, you know, stories of woe. Stories of woe where uh, <laughs> things like S3 buckets have been left open with data inside them. That, that doesn't mean S3 is insecure. That means it's that the configuration of that service yeah. has been um, you know, lowered uh, to allow access from the public. So. Um, one of the um, sort of uh, hold on. that's all right. So yeah, one of <laughs> one of the many fun and fundamental things of, of cloud, from my perspective and security, is mindset. I think a lot of people haven't been in the right mindset to secure it properly. I think there's mindset and there's governance as well. If you look at one of the disadvantages, and you could flip this as well to be an advantage of public cloud ultimately is the fact that within customer organizations, anyone can kind of have a crack. If you've got an idea, and that's where a lot of the initial cloud projects are born out of, it's that shadow IT kind of skunk works, particularly yep. with some of the development clouds, whereby there isn't strong or clear enough governance guidelines around, firstly, how to configure and well architect your environment, but secondly, how do they manage the scale? And if you haven't yep. got governance at the outset, you don't stand much of a chance of yep. having a particularly good governance strategy once it's built into almost a more yeah, enterprise couldn't solution. Agree more. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So one of my other questions is, you know, you, you brought up the thing of choice. There's almost infinite choice in the cloud. You can have stuff as a service, you can have stuff serverless, you can have stuff running out of buckets, so you can host entire websites out of buckets yeah. if you've got an HTML file. You can, how do you apply consistent security, governance to literally a toy cupboard that is stacked all the way to the roof with fun things that 
people like me, techies and developers are like, well, if I could just use that, or I'll just use that, or I can just grab, grab that, because it's all in the service catalog. I mean, wider question, but I mean, if we're talking about security. Well, I, I think it starts with putting, ultimately, an owner on your cloud environment for the yep. customer, so that they can start to build the process around deployment, um, and then also the process around the security element as well. Awesome. And, and actually, um, when DeepSecure looked at starting in the cloud, so, so our business is very sort of um, uh, traditionally on-premise, physical machines, cross-domain. So we, we, our heritage is about keeping data secure. Uh, but our customers are telling us we want to move to the cloud. Yeah. And that sort of very contradicts our business model because we were very much, um, you know, black, black boxes in government and defense networks. Uh, so... Our first move to cloud was um, sort of a, a sort of a tiptoe in, in the water. Really, we we took our um, physical appliances and turned those into cloud appliances, and, th and this was to allow our customers to actually uh, build sort of the, the dev network uh, in the cloud. Mm -hmm. So it's not a production system; they can then use it for testing their applications. Um, and that was about two or three years ago. But something interesting happened at a. a, a um, public sector event that we attended and happened to be next door to AWS booth, their security booth at that event. And uh, we were starting to talk about architectures which moved beyond the traditional style of lifting from on-prem and putting in the cloud as an infrastructure service, but actually moving into serverless. And, mm, um, absolutely. And, and, and this sort of design that we put forward on the back of a piece of paper really about uh, the way the best most of the best are uh, absolutely uh, th this has turned out to what we've now people call function as a service but we actually now because our solution is a security solution we're actually using it as soft as uh, security as code uh, so you can actually now take 20 lines of code and put that into your application and, and your data is now secure doing the same thing that we would do with an appliance on premise in the Wow. Dark data centers. So that's literally how you guys are. So back to the question, you know, how are you guys securing all the choice? You've just, you just literally nailed it. So you can put 20 lines of code yeah. into a serverless application. I mean, do you, what sort of run? I mean, Python, Java? Uh, all of those. Uh, and um, so we have a combination of, uh, today, a combination of Amazon uh, service components. So API Gateway, Lambda is very key to our service. Um, but um, this moves the, um, going back to your point about you know, owning the uh, uh, sort of design and security aspect, the infrastructure, the operating systems, et cetera, that run these services are now deep secure responsibility. So we will build that as a secure service. Mm -hmm. The customer then takes the code and plums it into their application. And that application can be one of many thousands of types of use case, really. For us, we're not really worried about what they the customer builds, it's actually how they send their data to us to do our transformation to give them back clean. And then you deliver your outcome. So that's an interesting point. So you, you talked a little bit earlier about how traditionally Deep Secure have played in that black box government-esque yeah. organization. So for those partners listening who maybe don't play in that space but are listening and thinking, well, it sounds like you're changing, what does this mean to them in terms of your go-to-market? Are you changing where you're playing? 
Um, we've, we've opened up where we play. So we were very much um, heavily influenced in that market. Um, our technology performs uh, content transformation, which is very well known in the sort of defense government intel space. Um, it's becoming more known in the commercial sector. We've done the previous podcast where we've talked about our, our launch into, into the commercials and uh, doing very well at that. But um, what it gives our customers is the, the agility to have uh, you know, the, the, the deep, darkest, high assurance platform that has to be locked away to do uh, content transforms on-premise or complete flexibility to do this in the cloud or anywhere in between. So yeah. as a hybrid, we can glue uh, all these uh, flows together uh, and I think that's the um, the output we give to the customer is that flexibility to, to deploy the same transformations uh, in different styles, in different cloud platforms, in different applications, and that changes the go-to-market because we're no longer focused purely on network architects, network mm -hmm. security. We're now talking to application designers, uh, third-party software companies. Uh, you know other security vendors how we can work with them as well so Which I think is key because ultimately you're therefore positioning yourself much earlier in the development cycle so almost the technology is built in at the application level potentially yes. with a different audience okay well that's that's a great you know a, a great shift so when you're, you're talking and perhaps there'll be some partners who maybe haven't engaged with deep secure to date the content threat removal as a service element yeah. is, is what runs on on lambda do you want to talk just a little bit about that product and for those Certainly. who maybe haven't used it what it does um so the basis of what we provide as a solution um whether it's on-premise or in the cloud is content transformation and essentially what this does is takes um data coming in from a source uh could be mail could be web browsing in the cloud it could be a file going into an s3 bucket uh we assume that content that data is uh, hostile and we extract the information from that data, build new uh, data, and put the information back in again. So what we deliver is what the user thinks is the original file, but actually it's brand new data with the information put back in. It looks and feels exactly like the uh, original file. Um, it does it really fast, uh, and the user experience is there, so that you know, if you had a, a document with some sales in the spreadsheet or some um, fancy graphics on the PDF, they all remain, they look the same, uh, but they've been built brand new. So um, what that does is it means that we don't rely on detecting threats. So we can uh, actually uh, give digital pure, pure content to the user. So we've taken that approach from the appliances on premise and turned it into a, uh, a function in the cloud. So customers can actually then interface to that via an API. Okay. So uh, today we have three APIs available. Uh, one uses an HTTP post, another uses a, uh, a REST API, and the third one is built specific for Amazon S3 storage. So um, those are the three sort of offerings inside the CTR as a service. That sounds great. And from a compliance perspective, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there shouting, oh my God, my data is, is, is key. I can't let anybody else see it. When you take that data and you almost take it apart, analyze it, then rebuild it and send it on, yeah. I assume you put a lot of thought into what, what that means to ensure that that data isn't breached, it's looked after while it's with you, and that it's not being viewed by someone who, who ultimately the organization wouldn't want it to be viewed by. Oh, absolutely. So we have controls in place from our service perspective. So the operations t team, so our DevSecOps guys uh, are really the only guys who have access to the service in the cloud. Um, when data's in there, we only maintain it in there for a very small amount of time. So if you're sending content to us, over the REST API, we only hold it for the bare minimum amount of time we need to do our transformation process. 
and then it's the original file is actually destroyed from our side. Um, uh, and then the actual architecture of our service, not, not only have we uh, done a well architecture sort of, uh, you know, uh, base, baseline, um, we also have our service penetration tested to make sure we're not open to uh, misconfigurations and so on that we've overlooked. So, you know, we've been through all the checks. Um, this is obviously running inside um, Amazon's cloud infrastructure, so they have their own governance in place as well. So, you know, this is a, a secure service uh, and we ensure that the data is handled appropriately. Um, we can also deploy this in regions specific to where the customer needs to operate. So right now we've built it in the US and the UK, but for instance, it can be built into a, uh, anywhere that Amazon has their, their data center. Beauty of the hyperscaler platforms. I yeah. think for any, any form of as a service, you can yeah. deploy it close to the data, particularly from a compliance governance standpoint. Yeah. That's a really powerful thing. Well, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna ask the same question I asked l when we did the first podcast. And interestingly, you should mention it's valuable to have it near the data mm. because obviously if you're passing every single bit of data you've got through an external service or, well, a box, when you do it in hardware, in line, in a data center, on a 10 gig line, kind of isn't going to introduce a lot of latency. But obviously now we're in a web services world and we're posting either IRS REST or HTTP or, um, you know, in S3. Are we trying to introduce an overhead? Is it a is it an overhead? Once again, this is my lack of true understanding of the latest and greatest in the cloud. But I mean, is this acceptable or? So we actually did some tests on this because um, one of the questions we obviously get asked frequently is, um, you know, performance. How, how fast is this? So um, if we can prove the efficacy, we can prove user experience. How can you prove the the speed of the transformation service? Now, uh, so the beauty of what the Amazon infrastructure and what Lambda brings to us is um, we can submit one file of, say, five meg PDF um, or 20,000 files of five meg um, to that service, and they all take exactly the same time to transform and deliver back. Um, and that's because of the way that the infrastructure scales out automatically for us. Um, so the only real latency is the, the connection between where the source data is coming into the service. Um, so what you're saying is on high throughput applications, in the cloud can actually be faster than on-prem because you're not limited by a finite amount of underlying processing power. Absolutely, and actually what a lot of customers now are looking at doing is going cloud first with their application. So rather than have the application on their data center calling out to the cloud, the actual um, application itself will be residing in Amazon or Azure. It doesn't yeah. really matter where which cloud they're in because it's an API so it can come from anywhere. Um, uh, that said, we, we are in the future looking at how we might use functions in Microsoft so we can become closer to where the transactions happen. Well, it makes sense to become hyperscaler independent, really, because yeah. um, obviously everyone has their little thing. And I suppose uh, very much like a VPC in AWS, if you're running in that world and you want to bring it all in and not necessarily expose it publicly and you know have entry points or egress points in the cloud, you want it all to come back through your core data center, yet you want to take advantage of stuff in the cloud, this would be a really good way to be able to enable that. Uh, absolutely, and also you, you don't, you may not want the cross-cloud charging as well, so yeah. there's, there's that aspect too. Yeah, I suppose if you're going to send all your data out and back in again, yeah, yeah, that's going to cost you some some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So multi-cloud, clearly, you know, great that you're, you're developing technology across the different hyperscalers. In terms of the partners that you're looking to, to work with, the ISVs, 
I mean, is there a particular subset that you think this works for? Well, for example, if we were to take the 365 users of the world or or the Azure workloads or the AWS workloads, is, is, what, what's the message out to those, part, those kind of partners? So, so, we, uh, so we, we actually are looking at various different partners um, ourselves in terms of our cloud uh, sort of go-to-market, I guess. Um, we have the sort of advisories or the consulting partners who are um, very skilled up in the um, sort of uh, security architecting in the cloud, let's say, uh, and those those guys are really taking our message out there to find clients who are using, who are moving to you know, move their massive workloads into the cloud. So huge amounts of data need to go into the cloud. Um, that's a great opportunity for Deep Secure to do a transformation of their content. So rather than moving um, potentially hostile, unknown. Uh, you know, is this data clean or not? Yep. Well, I've scanned it, so it might be clean by an AV scanner. Um, this transformation will actually guarantees that the, the data going into the cloud becomes clean from day one. So those sorts of projects are being scoped right now. Um, we're also working with uh, sort of more boutique partners, let's say, who are um, more agile and go out there and can grab. Uh, they understand cloud. Uh, they're building their own services and actually one of the interesting things about how the CTR as a service um, API works means it can almost really be white labeled for a yep. um, MSSP really, and you can build your own services on top of that. And you know, so we have this core function to transform data. If you look at us as being, uh, we don't really like using the word, but the washing machine in the cloud, uh, you confront that with any application. So a partner could build a mail application that calls out to this API to transform the content. Um, yep. So uh, those sort of partners are, you know, we're, we're speaking to a few of those right now and bringing those on board. And then we have the bigger guys, and we mentioned O365, and certainly um, we are working with some of our close technical alliances to look at how we would um, almost OEM into their product, as it were. Yep. Um, so th th for us, um, we're quite a small cyber security vendor, you know, um, but the cloud gives us this opportunity that we are suddenly in a global market where we can add value to uh, any of those three style um, partners and not forgetting the, the partners who just really want to just resell what we already do. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of the cloud landscape today in that ultimately there is no single answer to every problem and no. an ecosystem is essential and you have to specialize and therefore if you're solving a particular problem but you're solving it very well, yeah. Through the scalability of the cloud, whether it be you know the tool that you've built using Lambda and in the market you can address, it is just a different world. I mean, Summit, uh, the AWS event, yeah. was on this week. Twenty-five thousand people in London alone at that conference. They broke the DLR. That's, you couldn't get into the conference. That's dub double from last year. Un unbelievable yeah. growth. I mean, yeah, that's like incredible. nothing you've seen before. But a, a very different type of partner as well. A lot of those that are growing very quickly and are, are kind of emerging onto the onto the market are guys that we've not heard before. Yeah. You know, those those new players. That's yeah. that's an exciting place yeah. so to be addressing. One of the things addressing. I like most, though, about this world is that although they are very different partners with very different business models, with incredible new ways of doing things, innovative, AI-driven, security is still security, and they still... Yep. And, and what was really interesting is we've seen the maturity... As we've seen the maturity of cloud and the maturity of the people doing really fun things with cloud. We've also seen them all grow up around security and go from, ah, oh, you know, I can just put a few ACLs and I can put a few this, it'll be fine, to actually, do you know what? Security's hard and I still need partners like Deep Secure to provide 
that enterprise grade security, otherwise my brand is done before it even started. Which I find, which for me, is, is nice because it, it shows that we're at a point now where we're an inflection point where it's, it's almost become big enough to need the big iron players, such as your, you know, your deep secures, to be able to provide the security and the protection for the brands that have made their business now on, on that platform. Absolutely. Security is no longer an afterthought with cloud, is it, at the end of the day? No. And... Uh, you know what's nice about um, the transformation we, we focus on digital content and that's really what is moving and transacting in the cloud is mm. digital content yeah. so when i said about there are thousands of use cases it really is like that because you know we could be talking to one partner who's trying to protect um content going into a uh, major banks um uploading you know the portal upload where you submit your mortgage applications um one minute the next minute we could be talking to um a company that's building a solution that's working on employees submitting expenses I'm, s I'm sending in spreadsheets and photos of my expenses they could contain threats so Absolutely. the use case is just they're just that's yeah do you know one of the things we've never really done is we've never really found some really cool examples that that's a such a good point literally when you're uploading any documentation from a website to a web server you're essentially taking it from the dirty, the, the dirty, the dirty sort of world <laughs> into the highly <laughs> cleaned world. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. Um, but essentially, unless you've got a deep secure service in the middle, you're just taking whatever anyone's giving you. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, uh, a quite a nice presentation at one of the Amazon events uh, about a year ago. It, it was a fintech event. Um, and the, the Amazon had um, one of their customers present who had gone through a journey of shifting their application to the cloud and they turned it all into a function. So they'd spent um, about a year building this new service and it was to do with insurance. So you'd actually, as a customer, consumer, have this application on your mobile phone, fantastic application, front end, uh, and the, uh, the CISO uh, from the organization stood up and said, yeah, this is a fantastic uh, thing here. We've got Lambda running all of this for our customers worldwide. So it's all about being, for them, being charged on um, the process time that the transaction takes, but the uh, the the service that they have in Amazon, which causes them the most problem, is their antivirus. And the reason is they've mm. just lifted their antivirus service from on-premise and moved it over to the cloud, and they're running it in a VPC as an EC2, always on 24/7. And this is the most expensive part for the solution. Absolutely. Which yeah. so <laughs> so this is when I say about um, when you want to architect something for the cloud. Um, you know, we're, we're not necessarily working with network and security engineers. We have to think about the application yeah, and making sure it all folds in together. Yeah, yeah. No, and uh, l looking at some of the workloads that we see, our partners moving up into the cloud and the vendors um, kind of focusing on, a lot of them still today tend to be net new workloads because I do completely agree with you and I think partners are starting to recognize it as well. It's not as simple as just a lift and shift of an application not. into yeah. cloud. So new things are being built. And I think this is where the evolution is really starting to take yeah. take will find a bit of traction in that these developers know they need to build security from the ground up and that's why you're moving yeah. into a different type of audience whereas the concept of trying to lift and shift is still a very difficult thing to do yeah and, and also yeah. i'd say that they they've <laughs> back to my last point they've matured around the type of security they need no longer is security something that they can just do themselves yeah. i mean in the early days we saw people writing their own encryption we saw people you know trying to use security through obscure it was just a nightmare yeah and they're all going well you know uh, the problem was, I think, in my own mind, and this isn't the question I want to ask, this is more of a comment, there was a disproportionate, there was a disproportion between the cost of the service they're running 
and the cost of the security they were paying or the cost of the traditional security suppliers to secure it. When you're only paying pence for the for the service, yeah. yet you're paying tens of pence for the security, yeah. it was quite disproportionate. People were like, yeah. well, you know, this isn't the economics aren't balancing in my head. Whereas yeah. I like to see that it's all making sense now. Which brings me on to my actual question, which was, now I'm not going to ask you how much it costs because we <laughs> said we wouldn't, but I'm really fascinated to understand. Obviously, we're living in a new world. Yes. Have you evolved the way that you actually charge? Are you charging per request, per put, per... Um, it's actually done on uh, the volume that you send to us to be transformed. Okay. Um, so... So uh, flexible metrics, basically. It's flexible. And, uh, it's, it is really key. is. We looked at the way that we could um, handle it with um, the cloud, and you know, we, we went through things where we said, well, would we do it per page that you, s you send? Well, the problem with that is um, you know, a cu one customer might send us uh, documents which are very light in terms of it's just text, and another customer might send us these very complex um, <laughs> images and structures that we have PDFs to... PDFs and all sorts. Well, yeah, so we, that wouldn't really be fair on... No. On, uh, so, so really, the only way we could do it in, in a fair way was to do it on the volume. So yeah. um, if you're you know, if you're a finance house, which you, you have a regular flow of content coming into your um, portal, which you're consuming content from the outside, um, you would have a, you know, a good gauge of to, as to what volume's coming in. So we'd use that as the marker for then um, uh, providing your service tier, really. Um, so uh, th that's how we do it today. Um, uh, as I said, if, if a, a partner works with us and they want to build their own service on top of that, then they would look at how they want to charge yeah, their customer. Yeah. And it might be, for instance, it could be a, a mailbox, per mailbox type charge yeah. or, or Absolutely, so but, yeah. but I think the critical element there, and it's it's something that so many vendors haven't got right, so it's great to hear that you, you, you're you on track with it, is that for those ultimate companies that are building a service on top, they need to build their customers in a way which is simple, outcome-based, yeah. and they can't do Absolutely. that if they can't have a licensing model from the technology which sits behind them, yeah. which enables them to be as flexible with their billing model yeah. And ultimately, those who are flexible and can build monthly in the way that businesses expect to be charged now, they can scale up, they can scale down, they can be ultimately a position whereby their budget is flexible as well. They can try things out. Yeah, That is the core principle of, or one of the core principles of why ultimately cloud-based or as a service-based technologies are working. But if you as a vendor aren't delivering that flexibility to those who are taking it on as a service, that's a real challenge. Yeah. But then yeah. it's also there's also an argument to say, choosing the right flexibility options. Yes. So one of the things I liked there was my my immediate thought was, this is probably a per API call type thing. But actually, whereas a lot of services work in a per API call way, the what you're pulling down or what you're putting up is very quantifiable. Yes. But actually when you've got a, literally, something that you're putting up, which is as long as a piece of string, Yeah. Um, that's a, it's really nice to see you put some thought into that and actually not just gone down the, well, you know, we've deployed it as a REST, so we'll just have it as a REST. Yeah. Um, makes a bit more sense. Yeah. And that also gives us flexibility with our um, APIs because one of the things we also looked at is we have three APIs today, as we said. Um, personally, I think the uh, S3 API is going to be very popular because that's um, you know, one of the top three services inside Amazon. Uh, yeah. Most applications at some time touch S3. So... You know, our API wraps itself into the, the S3 um, service and we pull content out of that and transform it. So, um, But we also have made, sh made sure that our platform can expand with new APIs as customer demands. Um, so, you know, we may have somebody, a partner, come to us and say, we've got this requirement for XYZ, uh, we need this API. Yep. We'll create that API for them and then they're hooked into the same infrastructure that does the transformation. 
It's um, brilliant. Yeah. Well, let, let's just talk quickly because I th- we, we, you, you mentioned it earlier and it, I think it's really key we get this point across. You're on the well-architected framework. Yeah. And I know through working with the likes of AWS that to get onto the well-architected framework, it's not a walk in the park. So yeah. if they're going to give you that stamp, yeah. that means you've really put some time in investing in their technology. So it might be worth yeah. just quickly explaining what that meant for you. I was going to say, could we also just come back very quickly for the listeners who don't know and I'm putting my hand up here. Yep. Um, what is the well-architected framework? So the well-architected framework, in essence, is Amazon's stamp of approval for a solution that they will stand behind and say, this organization has truly invested in bargain to our technology, wow. truly invested in a certain skill set, whether it be number of architectures. Yep. And then in order to get the stamp, your solution has to go to Amazon, and then it's it's almost like defending your thesis. Um, <laughs> you have to yeah. defend every oh, element wow. of they your really, solution. Oh wow, they really they really go for oh, it. Oh, they really yeah. go for it. So to have that stamp is a real, you know, a real real achievement. It, it is quite a tricky process, um, and we we get audited by Amazon um, in our process. Uh, we're also going through um, the sort of uh, stages of getting the services available in the marketplace as well, and yep. that's also not easy. So uh, there's a lot of um, hurdles to go through there. Uh, we, we started building our cloud solutions about two years ago, spent the last year actually rolling out our early uh, sort of prototypes into Amazon, going through various stages, getting penetration tested and so on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we set um, April this year as our sort of launch date for our uh, API. So it's very new. Um, so it really is sort of you know it's just just arrived. So you heard it here first, people. There yeah. We go. So exclusive. So we're we're now um, ready for you know we, we've set up for the partners you know free tier so they can actually play with it because one of oh, the things good. which is obviously uh, important is in the old days you would sort of get get a loan box from the <laughs> distribu- distribution and then you know and it would sit in the data center yeah. as a doorstop for for I remember four weeks shitting yeah. about and waiting for someone to plug it in you'd brush <laughs> yeah. the dust off and come pick it up yeah i remember that really successful way of selling um yeah. so we had to create something which we could, we could still do that with and we have this free tier which is yeah. you get all the functionality of the api there's just a limit on how much you can transform on, on that. But it, you can then take the code, you can embed it into applications, you can see how it flows, you can check from your side the security um, of that integration. Um, and it helps you as a partner build your use cases. Absolutely. I um, think that's brilliant yeah. to be able to do that. So if yeah. I'm sitting here now and I'm a partner and I'm listening today saying, yeah. how, do I get, how do I get hold of that? How do I get involved? What, yeah. What's the route forward? Uh, it's really quite straightforward. Um, we have a... a a button on the website which lets you um, subscribe to get that free tier um, and then that will go through a service isn't it straight yeah, away yeah that, that will go through to get qualified through our channels and so on um, and then we give access to what you then receive which is quite powerful is actually a developer portal oh, and nice. the developer portal uh, actually has all of the code all of the uh, example snippets and we have documentation you can even um, drag files into it and you could so as if you're using us as a service sort of thing you could drag stuff into a little test little portal and it will transform your file so you see what it, the, f- the service will actually do the time to value is incredibly low I mean that's one of the things about the cloud isn't it no longer yeah. do you have to get engineering time rack something stack something give an IP address you just log in get some credentials and, and yeah get started yeah yeah pretty much um, and you know, it, it is easy as that, uh, and the developer portal, as I said, is is very powerful. It has everything you know you need to get going from you know day one, uh, without having to really mm-hmm. interact with us too much. 
Well, I think that, that's really useful. And for those who are listening, who are saying, I'd like to get involved, it's worth reaching out to the team here at Absolutely, Arrow. We've got yeah. a great team yeah. uh, wrapped around the Deep Secure offering. And if, if there's, a, there's a meeting to be had around utilizing technology and having to play with it, we'd like to come and do that with our partners Absolutely. as well. Yeah, we're in for that. Yeah, Brilliant. awesome. Well, look, guys, where can we see you again next? Are you going to be at InfoSec this year? We're in, we have a very large stand at InfoSec. So uh, we'll see you there. We'll, sh- we'll see you there again. Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty yeah. sure we can get you on. Uh, I'd love to. And uh, we've got demos of the cloud on the stand as well. So we'd Fantastic. love to show you those. Okay, yeah. see, that's good. I assume you'll be show, you'll be showcasing elements of your roadmap at that. Any any key exclusives um, that we can have today off that? Well, um, well we've obviously, we have just launched the cloud, but we're, we'll keep pushing forward. Um, we are keen to move into some, hopefully, sort of more mail services in the cloud. You know, So let's let's look at 0365 is, is quite a frequent request. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Well, look, looking at that base, I think you've got a big opportunity yeah, there. Indeed. Awesome. Well, look, Nathan, absolute pleasure to have you on again. Thank you. Hopefully we can have you again, again soon because I'd love to understand what the early sort of uh, traction with this service has been. So yep. maybe we can uh, arrange some time in for a sec again. Chris, you're a natural, mate. We've got to... Just coming back, coming back. Can't <laughs> get enough of what it. What can I say? Right. Once again, this has been Aaron Bandwidth. Thank you ever so much for your time and we'll see you next week. Thanks Cheers, all. guys. Bye.